What's the, the, it's like the Fox News thing they do. You know when it's like the, the camera zooming around? I mean, I don't watch, I don't watch Fox News. Or, or ever, like, a, who wants to be a millionaire? I believe you. Oh, man. Okay. Sure. When the, it's like, <laughs> I think I remember when it's swooshing around. Yeah, I feel like we need, I think we need a cool, we need a cool music intro. Sure. All right. So, so, so you do the cool music intro and then I'll do the follow up. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you, okay. Um, Ba-ba-na-na-na. I don't know what that was. Uh, it's follow up with Alan and Arik. That's pretty good. I don't. We'll use one. <laughs> Australia expert Kai Dombrowski reminded me of a very important follow up item from our recent show that was primarily about koalas. I actually got a few few pieces of feedback on the koalas, but this this one is very important. Um, so prepare yourselves okay. for this un- other un- unfortunate koala fact. Um, what? No. I know. Stop I, ruining my love I'm, of koalas. I also love koalas. We, we, we're not going to stop loving koalas. Let's be real. Okay. All right. But okay. there's... Okay. So uh, one thing we said was like, okay, kangaroos, are, maybe they're... They're they're not super popular. Frustrating in some ways. They're not always popular with Australians. But, right. but everyone loves koalas. Well, it turns out not everyone loves koalas, especially Australians who live near koalas. Because um, besides being idiots, as we learned about, and <laughs> and, and various other uh, limitations, they also make horrible noises, like just like screaming, like they're like some like if you heard the noise a koala makes, you would think it was the most disgusting creature. Oh yeah, that's not cute. Yeah, that can really ruin it. Mm-hmm. For you, mm-hmm. I I think I'm gonna like continue to just picture them as sort of Care Bear best friends. Can I well, let me ask what does make someone an Australia expert? Someone who lived in Australia and then oh, and then could be okay. like cool it on the call. They're not as they're not as good <laughs> as you think. So I was I really wanted to know what like are there Australia studies degrees? Do you think? Mm, I would say probably, but they would have a funny name for it. <laughs> Uh, everything I could think of in the quickness was probably, I don't know if it would be appropriate to say or not. So I'm going to keep it. Yeah. You just accidentally say something really offensive. I just feel like you could totally offend people with no, no intention just because I don't know what the urban dictionary lookup of your joke about what urban dictionary dot au or whatever. Yeah. Code at au. See, I don't even know. (laughs) Dot com. Is it dot com? I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. What's the deal with that? That's going on my list. (laughs) <laughs> yeah please please answer that and come. i think i know the deal but please answer it and figure it out i just want to point out that i typed in australian websites into duckduckgo and the first thing it came up was australianwebsites.com oh that's one of my favorite australian websites <laughs> it does look like it's .com.au though oh okay well yeah if you have any other important qual facts we'll share them yeah please uh we're on board with the world other follow-up item uh we have uh, a correction we accidentally describe something as not as cool as it really is. I don't know if I believe this either. You don't believe it? No. Okay. Well, Mm-mm. it's I mean it's on Wikipedia. Okay. So what the deal with this one is <laughs> is in our last episode two ago, we talked about the RMS Olympic, which was the Titanic, yes. Titanic but it had a bit right. of a longer journey. And uh, among of the various adventures that it had a bit of a Forrest Gump journey, just going through all the different generations and meeting all the presidents. And one of the things it did is it served in World War One. Uh, and you described it as being painted gray for World War One. I. I did. But I did describe it that way. According to friend of the show, Chris Crothers, it was, in fact, dazzle painted, which is one of my favorite 
but definitely one of my top 10 paint schemes as far as military paint schemes go. Uh, really, uh, really, it's top one because this is the the style they would do in World War One, where instead of trying to camouflage something so that you couldn't see it, it would be like you saw it, but you were confused by it. Um, so they, apparently, according to according to Wikipedia, uh, the the Olympic was dazzle painted. Here's the complicated part. Okay, you feel you with me? I'm with, uh, well. I don't know. I'm. I don't. I don't want it not to have been dazzle painted. So I don't want this to be true. <laughs> Listen, Wikipedia says in 1917 it was painted in a dazzle camouflage scheme. Uh huh. And 1917, that's during World War One. Right. But then in the same Wikipedia article. Under First World War, it says, as a wartime measure, Olympic was painted in a gray color scheme. Maybe the gray dazzles. I... Right? Maybe it's like a light gray <laughs> and dark gray. It looks like maybe it was painted gray in 1914 and then dazzled in 1917. Because they hadn't invented the dazzles yet. I don't know. But so, you know, I'm going to say that I was right, but also <laughs> wrong. I mean, it sounds like you were both right. I certainly like it better in the Dazzle. And the picture that they have of the Dazzle, pretty great. Yeah. It's a painting of the Dazzled ship. Yes. Someone was really struck by it. Strucken? Pretty cool. Strucken? Struck, I think. Stricken. Struck. I think it's stricken. Uh, no. He was struck no, by Stricken is like if you have a ship. disease. Well, yeah. You don't want to be stricken. I think it's struck. I think it's just struck. Um, you don't want to be struck by the, the Olympic either. But the, the dazzle painting thing, if you're not knowing about it, I'm here to let you know is this really cool. I'll put a couple of links to dazzled uh, World War One ships. Yeah. Not bedazzled. That would also be cool. That would be even cooler, but they hadn't invented that yet. So that's yeah. more of a World War Two thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's funny that we are talking about the Olympic because I have another fun fact about the Titanic. You have another Titanic fact. We return to Titanic Corner. I have a Titanic fact. It's, is it a very large fact or is it about the Titanic? It's, it's a, in my opinion, it's a Titanic fact about the Titanic. Oh, man. No, it's a, it's an interesting thing that I learned recently about the Titanic, not the Olympic. Okay. You, are you ready? I could not be more ready. Okay. So here we go. Fun fact. The discovery of the wreckage of the Titanic was financed by the United States Navy. What? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, and here's the thing. So this is this is what this is what this goes in like a really weird direction to me. This is going to the Illuminati, isn't it? It uh, kind of. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so I was joking, so, but now I'm interested. Yeah, so I started reading about this because I was like, that's weird. And there was apparently there's an ocean explorer named Robert Ballard who wanted to find the Titanic and had built a like new robot to go on the on the bottom of the ocean. Sure. Which he called Argo. Okay, yeah. And uh, I guess after probably the Argonauts maybe. And he had also developed like a new technique for like looking for scattered wreckage in a certain way to find stuff. And he went to the Navy. This was like in the early 80s. And he went to the Navy and he he tried to get some money from them. But they were like, nah, we're, we're good. But... They did want him to use that technology to find two missing nuclear-powered attack submarines, Scorpion and Thresher, which sank in the 60s, and they thought that he was probably the best person to do it. So they were like, we'll pay for you. Just a minute. Scorpion and Thresher were the names of yeah, the aren't ships? Those incredible like names. The most evil-sounding yes. vehicles. Yes, yes. Okay. This is, like I said, we are going to a, you know that kind of place. So they, they were like, we'll pay for you to find, we'll pay for this whole thing. And if you have any leftover time and the amount of time we're willing to pay for after you find the thing we want to find, 
uh, they then you can go look for the Titanic, right? Okay. And so why, the reason they wanted him to find these two submarines... Other than the fact that there's nuclear waste in the, and technology in the bottom of the ocean. Well, no, that's the thing. They're the only nuclear submarines the Navy's ever lost, mm-hmm. which I guess saying only about two <laughs> nuclear submarines... I mean, you don't want to leave, want to lose nuclear... No, uh, but they were wondering technology. if it would like if it was like destroying the environment, right? I'm sure that's... I'm sure it was definitely they were concerned about the vi- environment. They were not concerned about the Russians getting control of the of their uh, submarine technology. It was really just the environment they were worried about. Well, they claimed it was environmental mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So he... But what I find even more fascinating, and I'll get to what ended up happening with him, but like what, what when I was reading about that, I discovered that that the Scorpion, which was lost in 1968, was one of four submarine disappearances in 68 from four different countries, all of which have no known cause. Four different countries lost yeah. submarines in 1968 mysteriously. Mysteriously. Were they in like the same region of the world? I don't think so. The countries were Israel, France, the USSR, and the, the United States. Huh. That's weird. That's crazy. Like, they know what happened to the Thresher. It was, like, a specific issue. But, like, the Scorpion, they have no idea to this day what caused it to, to sink. Huh. Did they, so did they end up finding it? So, yeah. So, Ballard found the Scorpion. What's actually kind of crazy is that both the Scorpion and the Thresher and the Titanic were actually kind of all, not in the same area, but, like, kind of in the same area. And, uh... So so Ballard found the scorpion, did all of his work, and then he was left with 12 days and found the Titanic, right? And then that news was such a huge event that that was used as a cover for that trip and the next trip he took to find the Thresher. Ah, okay. And the whole thing was classified until like pretty recently. So the story was I oh, I was out here looking for the Titanic, but he was in fact looking for lost nuclear uh, submarines. Right. And so he found the Titanic and therefore they, you know, it was like all, oh my God, look at this stuff. Cause they found like a lot of stuff on the Titanic, right? Sure. Like, and, and no one knew that he was really doing that for these nuclear subs until way, way more recently. Huh. Yeah. I have some maps and stuff about where all these things are that I'll be in the show notes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, was it, was it like also icebergs or it was a coincidental Northern Atlantic wreckage for which one the one that they know yeah the one happened. that they know what was the problem no it was not icebergs i guess that's not it a was. huge problem for a submarine <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's on the no it was like the they it's kind of like i didn't completely understand it when i was reading about it but basically it seems like they were trying a maneuver and then it didn't like they had some issue and then they had the wrong angle and then they tried to do something and then eventually they were just like sunk they apparently there was a failure of a piping system joint, mm. which was using something called silver brassing, and I don't know what that is, instead of welding. Mm. And there were potential problems with about 14% of them, but it was they didn't think they needed a repair. And then, I don't know, seems like one thing kind of led to the other kind of thing. If you're, if you're thinking that you want to be either just like horrified or have a hard time sleeping, <laughs> it helps to read the analysis of uh, people who were trapped underwater uh, in, oh, in yeah, that's submarine awful. accidents, uh, cave diving. Right. <laughs> it's it's so unsettling. Some of the, and the, even the people who sub- survive, like people who get into go diving in a cave and then get lost and they have this much air or whatever, and then they end up being able to tell the tale. But like, it's, uh, yeah, if you want to get your, your blood flowing and uh, your, your uh, adrenaline going uh it's a uh, you know something to to keep an eye out for 
or not if you don't want those things. <laughs> <laughs> On the Thresher Wikipedia page, there's like a whole timeline of exactly what happened. So, if you, and actually an animated GIF of it happening. Oh, so, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could figure it out. I just didn't, th- that part, I was like, eh, okay. Yeah, whatever. It sank. But yeah, uh, there are alternative theories, as you might imagine. Well, I mean, the Illuminati obviously was. Yeah, but just like that, to me, that this one, what actually happened was like way less interesting than that. Uh, it was the first nuclear submarine ever, ever lost at sea, apparently. Although I don't know how many, I mean, that seems like it was around the time because this happened in like 61, 60, something like that. So, or 63. But so then the other one, I thought that was just way more interesting that it's like, not only do they not know what happened to that, but then there's three other ones. Yeah. That's just uh, kind of crazy. It seems like a lot of Cold War things happened in 1968. It Yes. I think that's like, right. Yeah. Lots and lots. Yeah. They didn't even find the wreckage of some of them until uh, pretty recently. The whole thing's crazy. Mm. But yeah. So the Titanic only found because of a cover-up huh yeah that could be a that could be a theme (laughs) cover-ups that definitely could be a theme i like it 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 feels like it goes with with history plus schemes makes (laughs) cover-ups fun fact yes almost all canadian airport codes start with a y okay so i knew this without knowing it because i could only name like a couple airports in canada and they all started with a y right so this is something that just you don't really think about too much as a canadian because you just see the airport codes and it's like the three letter codes like i think it's pronounced yanada actually yeah in yanada yeah well i mean actually this the origin uh (laughs) it goes back to the hebrew (laughs) so we're gonna walk through step by step how we got from yeah uh no so this this is uh uh, if people have not visited airports in Canada very much, uh, in Vancouver, our airport code, instead of being like VAN, which is maybe what we do YVR. expect, we get YVR, yeah. Um, and then yeah. like uh, Calgary is YYC, and uh, Toronto gets the cool but nonsensical YYZ. Yeah, YYZ. There's, the, the Rush song is named after that, right? Yeah, and I think there's a Coldplay album that's also YYZ. Um, oh, that's yeah. right. Victoria is YYJ. Yeah. And so this is like, apparently it's not exactly, exactly know how it came to be. Um, but this is one of those like, wait a minute, why is this? And like wanting to kind of understand. Yeah, I want to understand. So apparently they're in the uh, 20s as kind of like uh, radio and uh, airport ports are both spreading. Um, there was the idea of having identifier codes for radio transmitters. Um, and they sense. would have categories of, uh, and like similar kind of like, uh, lettered, uh, naming conventions for these radio transmission sites. And apparently the fairly bureaucratic, uh, government in Canada decided, okay, well, we want all of all Canadian ran radio transmission, uh, sites to all start with the same letter. So we know that they're Canadian radio transmission sites. And so they all started with a Y. And then when the airports, when there was an international airport authority, uh, an air travel authority that wanted to standardize all the airport codes, the whatever bureaucrats at the, uh, central authority in Canada were like, well, you know, we have Y for 
for our obscure radio transmission identifiers that no one else sees, <laughs> we should also use Y for these very public and, you know, will last for the rest of all time, probably, uh, airport codes <laughs> that, that will become so much of a part of culture that people will refer to cities by this airport code uh, decades later. And so now we have yeah. YVR and YYZ and all these sort of things uh, is one of the two theories. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm very here for this. So the other, yeah, I know how you like the multiple theories. Um, I do. So the other theory is that uh, all the airport codes, it is known that the all the airport codes in the early days, in the 1910s and 1920s, were all two-letter codes. Um, so uh, you would have like, like the LA airport was just LA. That makes more sense. And... Uh, and Vancouver was uh, VR, and so which is the case. It was originally Vancouver was just VR. That also makes more sense. Um, and then when they went way, they were looking to the third character. Apparently, in Canada, the uh, third character was signifying whether or not a weather station existed at the airport. And so there was, uh, it would be NVR if there was no weather station there or yvr if there was but eventually you ended up with weather stations at basically all of the airports and so they all ended up being y so i'm looking this up right now and the interesting another interesting piece to this to me is that there are airports in the world that start with y that are not in canada right because it's not like an area code it's not like canada went to the central authority it was like hey can we just own y and they were like well yeah y kind of sucks you can own it it wasn't that it was just it was it was not <laughs> right, like please write in if you love y and think alan's a hater i mean like y is okay it, the, the semi-vowel <laughs> thing is, is pretty great y is pretty great don't be Do, <laughs> but it was not that <laughs> canada was able to get a monopoly over why it was simply because apparently the, the two theories are that it was a bureaucrat wanted it to be the same as all the radio transmission identifiers, which I think were, I think Canada did quote unquote own why. Of course, no one cares about radio transmission identifiers anymore, but at the time they did. Well, somebody maybe. <laughs> well, the person who loves why and loves radio transmission identifiers can write in an angry <laughs> message at fun fact FM. I cannot believe. I found a really cool site that just lists all the airport codes with like pictures of the airports. Um, yeah, well, we can link that up. The bonus fact about that. Oh, what? There's a bonus is fact. That the two letter codes like VR for, for Vancouver that became YVR um, in the States, the two letter codes, uh, they had an option of coming up with a new three letter code if you wanted. Um, or uh, some of the airports, the laser ones, just stuck an X on the end. So you get LAX and PDX. Mm. And that comes out of, well, we got the two letter code and like, you know, this, who needs three letters? Like we're LA, we just want to stay LA. We'll just be LA and then no third letter. So it's like LAX, PDX is uh, Los Angeles and portland's airport codes evolved out of the two letters so they did probably a more reasonable way of saying i'm going to convert la <laughs> to a third letter and then stick something on the end as opposed to vr and then oh yeah let's put something at the beginning and make a yvr yeah looking at this most of the ones that have x's do seem to be that pattern yeah. that's super interesting although the one in guadalajara is bjx from Bajio, Mexico. Yeah, and you have ones like ORD, which is like the big uh, Chicago airport, which is O'Hare. I always assumed the O from O'Hare was that, but apparently it was like Orchard Field because it was an orchard they turned into an airport, and then eventually it got a little bit bigger, but it kept the orchard. Well, no, it was called Orchard Field Airport. Right. And then it was renamed after Edward O'Hare. Mm -hmm. 
1949. But they didn't go around and change the code because I would have confused it. The luggage wouldn't have gotten where it's going. <laughs> exactly. Once, well, I mean, at, at some point, I would imagine it is actually hard to change it. Do you know that uh, there is a <laughs> – this is very juvenile, but there is a airport in Russia that has the letters P-E-E. That's, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. There's also I suspect pie. that's not the most juvenile airport code, but – Oh, are you thinking? You're right. Elon Musk would be very happy with uh, the Sembach Germany airport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is definitely sex. Mm, excellent. Okay. For Sembach Annex. Not to d- digress from our very important mission. No, please digress. This is what we do. But here. this business where Elon Musk has to name the vehicles S E, like Model S, Model 3 flipped to its E, Model Y. Yes. I tried to, to have yeah. gone to some of like, the, the funny go there airport get, codes. Yeah. Yeah. The juvenile joke of a billionaire, because I can do whatever I want, where I spell model sex. <laughs> and then he has to be like, okay, we're going to name another model. Oh, it's going to be the model Y, so it's sexy. And he's, and I don't know. This man has too much power. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and I mean, I don't know if you watched the uh, Model Y reveal, but he reveled in this uh in this fact and story mm. and like talked about it multiple I times i did not watch it and that's horrifying <laughs> it it was one of the worst presentations i've ever seen in my life like i had heard that he was a bad presenter uh some people think he he's really good worst. i saw people tweeting like what like oh he's the new steve jobs and he's so whatever he um, is uh, what uh, uh, okay I, I might make that homework for the show because like <laughs> to find one tweet. No, yeah. just watch the watch like 10 minutes of that presentation and you will have 30 things to say about how bad a job he does. Yeah. I mean, people people get swept up in enthusiasm and it seems enthusiastic. Yeah. By the way, they, uh, there's an airport in Taipei and their uh, acronym is TSA. And I'm just guessing that they don't have the TSA there. No, but they might because they have that program in some cities is there an international tsa well yes because if you for example oh. if you're at yvr airport in vancouver and you're leaving to america they just oh, they, to go to yeah the they US. have tsa people and they screen you before you even leave uh so they don't get yeah. uh, undesirables uh in america and then having to deal with that so they just screen you before you before you even uh before you leave. it's more of the customs integration i guess maybe that's different than TSA is the safety. You will get searched many, many times. You get searched lots of times. Borders. But, but yeah, yeah, they have Americans searching you as well if you're leaving for America from uh, Canadian airports. And now they're like expanding it to some other international ones too. Right. Well, I don't want to go to Sioux City, Iowa because their airport apparently sucks. <laughs> it's uh, S-U-X. Oh, mm-hmm. right. But because I was this planning is, this on... This is surprisingly fun. <laughs> fun fact. SSH. The airport code for... In Egypt, there's an airport I could SSH that, into. That's good. That's a nerd joke. That's good. I feel yeah. like let's just let's just do this for half an hour. Sequel. Let's read them all and then just keep the best ones. <laughs> well, there's also SOP mm. <laughs> and sequel. See, uh, that's good. I, I feel like the, the, you know, the sequel and some of those ones, like there's got to be yeah. uh, people who like try to collect them. Oh, there's a poo. Of course there's of a poo. Of course there's a poo. Where's the poo? The poo is in Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the city of Pochos de Caldas. I'm not really good at Portuguese, but that is... Uh, yeah, and then we get YVR. And yeah, Canada really dropped the ball on that yeah, one. Yeah, missed an opportunity. They didn't see the, the hashtags coming up. They didn't. They couldn't see the They couldn't see the hats people would wear. Although people probably do wear like YVR hats and things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, sure. Or like people will have meetups that are like whatever, whatever YVR, like... 
you know, Swift YVR or whatever, and not meaning the airport, but meaning the city. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does become that shorthand no yeah. matter what. But it probably happens a little less with YYZ because it's like completely unintelligible to the city, but... Yeah, although I like YYZ. It's cool. It's cool. I don't know why. But I'm then why, sure isn't why. There, why isn't it YYY? There is no YYY. Why not? Maybe it would be too confusing. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So the typo. This is so fun. <laughs> there's an ack. There's an uh-huh, ace. Uh-huh. I mean, it just never ends. And that's just the A's. I mean, it, yeah, technically it doesn't. No, it, but... it doesn't. <laughs> They're making new airports with funny names faster yeah. than you can read It's them. just... <laughs> you brought so much joy oh, into my man. life. That's good. That's good. Uh, that's today. Good. Thank you very much. <laughs> I guess I should probably transition. So uh, I have a fun fact for you. Okay. Is it a, is it a funny airport code? Uh, it could be because it is three. Le- it does relate to something that's three letters long. Let me check real quick <laughs> to see if there is an airport with that code. Uh, there is not. That's a shame. Ah. That's a missed opportunity. All right. So, fun fact: the term "guy," as in "Who's that guy?" originally referred to a specific guy who was named Guy, and it was Guy Fox. Oh, okay. Huh. So you as a Canadian probably know more than our American listeners or non-British listeners do about Guy Fox. What do you know about Guy Fox? Um, well, he, there's Guy Fox Day. There is. And I'm like 85 to 90% sure he tried to blow up British Parliament. Right. So exactly. That's very good. So Guy Fox uh, in 1605 attempted to blow up the, the House of Lords with the king in it. And he's the V for Vendetta guy. He's the V for Vendetta guy. That's 100% right. Yeah. And he was part of a group that was trying to trigger a, a revolution. Uh, but mm-hmm. they were uh, betrayed by an anonymous letter. And then arrested. Mm. He was caught actually guarding the explosives. Right, which is kind of a red-handed situation. Right, and he was tortured until he gave up his fellow uh, conspirators. And he did do that? He did give them up, and they were all either killed, evading arrest, or sentenced to death. But they commemorated this with a holiday, which I think is one of the weirdest things, is the fact that this holiday exists. So they commemorated it with a holiday in the U.K., every 5th of November, like the V for Vendetta song goes. Uh It's called Guy Fox Night. And they lit light bonfires, there's fireworks sometimes, and weirdest, to my opinion, they burn effigies of Guy Fox. Right. I have forgotten the part where the thing is not celebrating him, but in no. fact saying, don't be like Guy Fox. For sure not celebrating don't him. Don't be like the guy who tried to blow up Parliament, got caught red-handed, got tortured, told out all of his friends, and then got It's killed. so weird because like he, he also didn't succeed. So it's like if... if like the guy who tried to assassinate President Reagan in the 80s. Like if we just had a holiday for that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even like Lee Harvey Oswald. No, he didn't succeed. <laughs> he definitely got caught. It's a super weird holiday and they've been celebrating it for like, what is that? 400 and 414 years. Yeah. Which is just a really long time. Well, they have don't try overthrowing. Or do if you want to be. British government. Um, you know, a holiday, I guess. that. Hold on. This is bad advice. Definitely do not try overthrowing any don't. governments or blowing up any bombs. <laughs> unless, I don't know, whatever. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> unless, for very yeah. ne- unless it's really, really necessary. Unless it's really good, really important and good good idea. Like, just, yeah. you know, really double check this with some friends. Just, like, think it through. Just think it through. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. You might be asking yourself, what the heck does that have to do with the fun fact you gave me? <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, so, so kids would make their own effigies to burn, and they would make them out of, like, wood and leaves and, like, discarded clothing, and these were called guys, and they would parade their guys right. 
throughout the street. So eventually, people started using it as an insult for people who were either ugly or very badly dressed, like, oh, get a look at that guy. Right. And then uh, by the 20s in the United States, it had become a word for any guy. And at this point, we spend a lot of our time discussing whether it's gender neutral if used in group situations. Uh, and all of this comes from a 1600s era terrorist. Right. So, <laughs> so. that's pretty weird. Okay, so terrorist becomes effigy, becomes generic, uh, un, d- generic, unappealing right. person. Right. Becomes all of us. M- unappealing man. Yeah. Becomes any man. Right. And then, and then that's where we are. And that's today. where we are today. As a sub fact, uh, the name guy, as you pointed out earlier, comes from the French Guy. Right. But did you know that that comes from Guido? No, I didn't. That's awesome. So Guy is a version of Guido, and Guido is a Latin version of an old high German name that is Vito. Like Vito Corleone? Which apparently meant wood. Wood. So anytime you say, what's up, guy? What you're really saying is, what's up, wood? Mm -hmm. Or what's up, terrorists from the 1600s? Or what's up, terrorists from the 1600s who failed to start a popular revolution based on religious lines? Right. And so when next time you're in a situation where you're addressing uh, some people and it's in a uh, circumstance where they're not all men, instead of saying, hey, guys, you could say, hey, terrorists from the 1600s, (laughs) (laughs) tried to overthrow the British Parliament. And that would actually be, in my opinion, more gender neutral because you're not saying anything about the gender of the terrorist. Right. The terrorist could have been anybody. Yeah. Like, in this specific case, it was a a male. It was, yes. I would suggest that if you say, what up, terrorists, you're going to have other Depending on the group, that could be received received less negatively than, hey, guys. Uh, That is for sure true. Yeah. We could do a whole sub-fact about, we could do it right now, about guys being gender neutral, but... uh, or not being gender neutral. Yeah, I figure briefly, just in case anyone in the audience has not picked up this uh, recent evolution in language, uh, it turns out that if you just use the male, uh, a male assuming term like guys for a group of men and women, uh, then uh, that kind of that's kind of crappy, and that you could just use a term that doesn't uh, imply that the default is to to be a guy. Yeah. So in some languages like Hebrew the word for a mixed group of men and women is the male word. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a word for, like, for example, with children, there's a word for boys, there's a word for girls, and there's a word for boys and girls, but the boys and girls world is the same as the boys word. Right. So it's a little harder to work around. For sure, but it's also heavily gendered, right? But that's also a mm-hmm. heavily gendered language, uh, whereas yes. English is a pretty gender-neutral language in, in certain ways. Like, we don't have... As far as languages go. Yeah, we don't have grammatical gender... Uh, except for one, actually, fun fact. Do you yeah. know that there is one word left in the English language that has grammatical gender? Like, like le garçon in French being the boy, and le is is changes based on whether or not. It's, and you're not talking about like you know fireman, firewoman. You're talking about I'm not. Uh, what is it? It's ship. Ships are always she. Because oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of that as less, yeah, I guess it is a language thing. It is, yeah. no, Even though it's yeah. like a custom. Well, it, but it, it isn't. It's just the one that's left. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. Historically speaking, there were lots of them, and that's just the only one we oh, still have. Oh, and they all kind of went away. Except, except for, for that one. Yeah. Hmm. But so at any rate, if you're referring to a group of people of mixed genders, and even if we're just going to assume that that's just guys and, and you know men and women, then guys it gets used in certain parts of the country, not all of them. Uh, and certain parts of your country. I don't know if that is all of them in Canada. 
But um, are there any areas of Canada that have a different word for like, is there a y'all of Canada or is it y'all? Well, no, we don't like y'all is definitely a Southern American thing, but people will jokingly like, hey, folks, hey, y'all. But I mean, like just saying you have like a use guys or a yins. (laughs) I don't know if I don't think there's a Canadian uh, gender neutral group pronoun, but it turns out if you're talking to a bunch of people, you could say, hey, people. Right. No, for sure. If you could refer to people as people. Oh, it works. <laughs> there are many ways to get around using guys. Friends. Friends. Yeah, for sure. I like folks. y'all, but yeah, whatever. Humans. Folks. Some people have a problem with folks and I don't understand why. So I, I don't, I don't get that one. I just don't know. Wait, what, what don't, what, what, what don't people like about folks? I don't know. I just heard, this is one of those things where I've heard that people have a problem with it, but I don't know what the reason is. Is this one of those, I perceive that you're trying to make me accept the evolution of language and i don't like it and therefore i don't i really don't know i, I disapprove I, of you I telling really me to don't. say hey folks instead of hey guys i really don't know because sometimes you get those objections when you kind of dig into it a little bit and they're basically just like get off my lawn is the actual <laughs> argument i don't uh yeah i don't know so yeah. i can't maybe we'll come back with a fun fact on that in another time yeah we can dig into that one yeah 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 uh, all right I got another fun fact for you, and this one returns to a very important corner of of fun fact, which is WikiHow Corner. WikiHow Corner is your corner. I mean, you own this corner. <laughs> uh, WikiHow Corner is... WikiHow Now, Brown Cow. Uh, Wiki, WikiHow Corner is the backbone of this show, really. Agreed. Uh, which it, <laughs> it goes way back to the first episode, because um, as we know, WikiHow is the best way to get information about how to do anything. And it's vetted entirely by scientists, peer-reviewed. WikiHow is the best website that I have never used. Like, <laughs> today, right now, is the first time I have ever typed wikihow.com into a web browser. Yeah, I don't know if you want to be careful, um, <laughs> but something that I uh, enjoyed uh, was when I came across the fact that there's a page that will tell you what the most popular WikiHow articles. For anyone who doesn't know, WikiHow is a, a website that has articles about how to do things, how to do this, how to do that. And they're, when you Google for something, they have a really good SEO for whatever reason, I guess like Wikipedia does. And so you have lots of strange, not very well reviewed sometimes questionable articles on, on how to do various things yeah but i'm I, looking at a wiki how page right now on how to wear a black leather jacket which right I yeah this is the kind of thought was self-explanatory but apparently not there are many steps this is a long long article yeah it's very involved um and so they have articles on almost anything um but i enjoy the fact that there's this page of popular articles and that the number one most common uh the number one most commonly visited page mm. of what to do. Fun fact, okay. the most popular WikiHow article is how to take a screenshot in Microsoft Windows. <laughs> is that... Of, of tens of thousands of articles about how to do everyday household okay. things, how to wash a broom. Yeah, how to wash um, a broom, but the, important stuff. The most commonly visited one is how to take a screenshot in Microsoft Windows, which once I saw that, is that people are visiting this page a lot, right. like the over and over again. But I have a theory as well. well okay, first of all, there's that, that you know people forget. Yes. Right. But also, is it because people are trying to figure out how to make screenshots for their WikiHow articles? Oh, and they're like, I don't just want any page about how to take a screenshot. I'm only a WikiHow article will do. Right, because they're into the WikiHow ecosystem, you know. 
Okay, so so we can we can try and figure that out based on how many people do we think are uh, making WikiHow articles, and do we think that would be enough to create the thirty one million one hundred five thousand four hundred twenty four views plus the one I just did of how to take a screenshot on Microsoft Windows? You know what's crazy is that there are uh, other articles on WikiHow that answer the same question, like how to take a screenshot, how to take a screenshot in Windows, how to yeah. take a shot of the screen yeah but the particular one titled take a screen how to take a screenshot all the others have under you know under a million yeah no that's that's just small 31 million people have or or views of this 31 million which in the era of youtube is less impressive but like this is just a plain web page this is a pretty ugly plain web page with green boxes around things on they mostly are on but uh they're generally pretty ugly and like they have some questionable a lot of them have very hastily done illustrations Um, this one is pretty clear and we'll link it up but if you are in the unlikely event that you would like to take a screenshot of microsoft windows i found it very entertaining the fact that the way you do it is to use in part on your keyboard your windows keyboard the print screen button which apparently still exists to this day this is a shockingly long article yeah i would say it's I mean, I mean, it goes and maybe goes ten thousand, not maybe not ten thousand words, but goes. it's it's like as long as a ten thousand word blog post would be at least. Yeah, this is so yeah. long. I mean, okay, they do get into like tablet and stuff at the end, but mostly it's just about Windows. And yes, the fact that the print screen, which is P R T S C, by the way, yeah, yeah, the the Pertz the Pertz button, which could be an airport if it was like you know two less characters. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, like, insane. I always enjoy, like, when I was a kid, I had a Windows computer, as many people did. And the print screen and scroll lock buttons on the keyboard that never did anything, that as long as I had, even in the 90s, I always found entertaining. But the fact that, like, a modern Windows keyboard today still has print screen and that you need to use it in order to get a screenshot, like, that's almost, like... That's better. Like, it's like it went from doing something to not doing something to now they're like, hey, let's use the printed screen button to make screenshot. Now it actually makes sense because, like, let's be fair. If we're going to be these people, let's let's admit that the way you do this on a Mac is not at all intuitive. No, you go into stoplight and you spotlight and you type screenshot. That's one way to do it. But did you know that you can, fun fact, you can bring up the same interface with command shift five. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone's on a Mac and they're on like the modern version, there's actually a really good screenshot tool that you might not have seen or maybe you saw announced and you forgot about. But taking screenshot is, is actually really nice on the Mac because then you can have a little a thing comes up that uh, will let you pick, oh, do you want to drag this part of the screen or do you want a time delay or do you want to save it to your desktop or do you don't want to copy? Like I'm always constantly, constantly, constantly copying and pasting screenshots um, using that tool. I, I love it. Command Shift 6, by the way, just takes a screenshot of the current state of your touch bar. That's really important, and I will use that <laughs> 10 times a day. <laughs> How does one... That's very... That's not discoverable. Well, I mean, that's really... I can't believe they wouldn't just make a permanent button on the keyboard for that such an important thing, to take a screenshot of your touch bar. Well, why isn't there a permanent button on the touch bar? Why isn't that permanent button on the physical keyboard? I mean, you got to use that at least every five minutes. We're moving away from physical keyboards, Ellen. That is so 2000, whatever year before the touch bar came out. 15? I hate the touch bar so much. I hate the touch bar also so much. 
especially when I want to change the volume. I, I'm uh, the thing with the touch bar. Like it, the time it really bothers me is any time I interact with it in any way. Yes, that's yeah, I'm it, annoyed by it whenever me, yeah. it is involved in my life at all. And ninety nine percent of the time, so anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> on a MacBook, <laughs> a modern MacBook Pro uh, computer, instead of the top line of keys being like F one, F five, and like the brightness buttons and stuff, there's just and this the print th- screen button Alan, and, come on. and the print screen button. <laughs> um, then you have, and now instead this this strip of touch sensitive screen um, that's like a low resolution iPhone screen, kind of like it's sort of pixelated. But well, and it has its own version of iOS and its own it its own chip. version of iOS. Yes, like, that runs it. It's a completely different um, computer. I mean, that's that's like cool in theory. I'm like, oh, cool technology. Um, but it, for me, which I know this is not super typical, but I'm constantly accidentally touching it um, because I just can't teach my brain not to touch. My, I learned the minute I started using a, the minute I started using a touch bar computer that I would often, when idle, rest my fingertips on the edge of the function keys. Oh, see, you didn't know you did that. I did not. Because it didn't matter previously. But it turns out it super matters now, and I'm constantly just pressing play on Metallica in the middle of a meeting. Or Why Metallica? Is there like a Metallica bar on the touch bar, or do you regularly no. listen to Metallica? <laughs> Just because that would be like the like whatever the most embarrassing music to unpause oh, okay. when in a client meeting is what will I will accidentally unpause. Wait, but don't act like you don't know what it would be for you. The most embarrassing, yeah. Well, I mean, there's more embarrassing things than Metallica. Yeah, what's well, the depends. most embarrassing thing for Alan Pike to play uh, in a meeting when he accidentally hits his touch bar button? I feel like there's an answer to this question. Well, it's just, it could be like some hip hop that's like lots nope. of lots of ex- nope. 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 expletives. Nope. It could oh Nickelback. It's Nickelback. <laughs> it's so yes, clearly of Nickelback. Of course, that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, that would be very <laughs> embarrassing if someone was in on the joke that yeah, for, I made an yes. app that refuses to play Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Alan once made a wedding DJ app that would not let you play Nickelback. Yeah, it was actually a it was a non wedding one that that refused to play Nickelback. But we also had a wedding one that once accidentally had a bug that it refused to play wedding Nickelback too. Oh, it, that so, wasn't intentional for the wedding one because you were like Nickelback is what you want to play at a wedding. Well, I just it just felt like a little bit much for the wedding one to refuse to play. Like, it's rude because we just had a general party DJ one called Party Monster that was just for for fun, and we had this fun feature that it refused to play at Nickelback, and it was just haha. But then, if you're a, a wedding DJ, you might someone might request Nickelback, like by the the wedding DJ app. Someone might request it, and it's kind of well, it's not very professional to be like uh, my app refuses to play this. Um, so I didn't <laughs> professional. No, funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't want to bring it across to that, but then accidentally one update there was a bug where it did bring it across, and then I got a one-star review for somebody that I didn't understand initially, and it was like, one star, this app is insulting its users, and it's oh, not. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, what? I mean, we're insulting you. And like after two days, I was like, wait a minute. Did the Party Monster Nickelback pop up somehow get enabled in the Wedding DJ app? And yeah, it turns out it did, yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful story of what, you know, the, the things that can happen are beautiful yeah, you be terrifying story. you're gonna you're gonna get the one star reviews on the app store one way or another but that's one way i mean that's for sure if you'd true. like to get some yeah by the way if anyone out there has any defense of the touch bar because i really and i okay i want to clarify if you like the touch id part same page but touch id is great touch id is great but uh if you think the touch bar if there's some app where you're like oh the touch bar actually is really useful 
It's really great. Because the whole idea here was that, you know, you'd be able to, that the, the, the why, like the iPhone, buttons just make everything too locked in stone. If you have a, a computer, then it can change to whatever you need at the time. Of course, they don't mention that you're not looking at the keyboard. So featureless buttons are kind of hard to find. But if there's anyone who's out there who's like, I use a pro app where it's actually really great, or I really like the way that it does whatever, emoji picking, whatever thing, because I've, I've I've seen a lot of things that say that say that there's cool stuff about the touch bar, but I've never found any use of the touch bar that wasn't just me being annoyed at the escape key, the volume, accidentally touching it. I've never accidentally played Metallica, but um, I think there's some touch bar fans out there. We're just not. I just want to know. No, no, and I'm not. And here's the thing: I I want to hear from you, not because I don't believe you exist, but because I want to know what could I be doing with the touch bar that would actually be cool. Maybe I could turn it in into something I liked. How can they send us that feedback, Ark? Oh, uh, well, if you have that feedback, and we really hope you do, or any other feedback, please find us on Twitter. We are at FunFactFM on Twitter. You can also go to FunFact.FM if you forget anything, although if you remembered that, you probably remember the other thing. You can also leave us ratings and reviews on Overcast, iTunes, wherever. We super appreciate those. Or you can continue to do what you have been doing and sending us uh, corrections, follow-up items, and suggestions of facts. I don't always, I'm not always good at, and mostly just sort of don't (laughs) remember to credit people when I'm like, hey, this fact was uh, suggested by somebody, but but it's awesome. And and also if you just want to say hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Other popular articles on WikiHow. Oh, yes, please. I forgot where we even were. Yeah. Number two, how to kiss. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So if I recall correctly, there were 31 million views of how to take a screenshot from right. Microsoft Windows, right? 28 million views. Oh, I was going to guess. Kiss. Uh, oh, okay. 28 million. Less people yeah. want to kiss than want to take a screenshot of Microsoft Windows. I would bet more people want to kiss, but they only read that article once and they're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. now that's interesting. So you're suggesting that... Whereas the screenshots, they're looking at it again. Yeah, because right? these are not unique views. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are total views. Okay. What's number three? How to know if a girl likes you. Okay. <laughs> How many billions is that? 24 million. Okay. okay. Um, okay. And then also a 24 million. Number five, going back to the previous theme, how to unmount a drive. Wow, that really, those are really very different use cases. Yeah, so it seems like WikiHow has two use cases. Yeah, uh, the ladies. You are a teenager and you'd like to ha- figure out how to interact yeah. with people you're attracted to. Yeah. Or you are an uh, adult and you're trying to figure out how to use Windows. <laughs> yeah. Next up, how to know if a guy likes you. Well, okay, that's good. I'm glad to see that. And then back to how, how to find your IP address wow this is really amazing yeah yeah we also have how to french kiss okay and how to clear your browser's cache i feel like how to french kiss could have been a section of the how to kiss article well but if it's like okay the kissing's working out but like i i heard that there's this upgrade oh i need to take it to the next level i need to take it to the next level yeah Mm. yeah I kind of w- wish the first girl that tried that with me had read this article. Well, actually, yeah. I don't know. Now, I should read the article <laughs> before I say that, but there are things to know. Yeah. Man, some of these articles have topics that I think are questionable in nature. I'm not going to read them because, you know, <laughs> that doesn't. I would, I would never expect there to be a questionable topic on WikiHow. How to get a girl to like you, I'm sure, oh, has no problematic yeah. content Ooh, in it okay. at all. And mm. that's, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. that would be great. Yeah. 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 How to fall asleep. Oh, I need to read that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am really bad at that. 
how to make money fast. I'm sure that that is not often edited by people who have <laughs> ulterior motives. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I just found how to convince your parents to let you marry the girl of your choice. Uh, I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, that no, that's like a great one, although I just yeah. realized it's actually how to convince your parents to let you marry girl of your choice, um, which is somewhat hmm. less good. Hmm. Yeah. Random article. This is fun. Uh, that sounds sounds dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah. How to make your butt bigger. Okay. 10 yeah. million views. Well, yeah, for sure. I'm going to go look at it right now. I mean, like, I mean, there's kind of like, I mean, there's a one obvious way, but that seems like that would be the main way. <laughs> yeah. Three ways to get a bigger butt fast only has half a million views. No, no, this is much more popular. Okay, so... How to get a bigger butt in a week has 5 million views. No, the much more popular how to make your butt bigger. Are you ready? Um, number one, change your walk. Okay. Apparently, how you walk. It's a okay. key thing. Okay. Number two, build up your butt muscles. Okay. And then number three, tighten your core muscles, which I would not... I was definitely expecting just like an all-out Oreo diet. It's well, being let me, the... Let me ask you this. Does that article have... Is it expert co-authored? Uh, I, I think this is peer reviewed, but it said three ways to make your butt bigger. But I'm now like, there's much more than three ways. There's dozens of ways. Oh, I found it. It is expert co-authored. It's expert co-authored. And number five, number five is to to just eat a lot of food. It, number five, adjust your weight. Well, okay, yeah. How to get because yeah. how to get a bigger butt in a week, which has half as many views, not expert co-authored. So I feel like. Where do you see? Oh, co-authored by Michelle Dolan, certified perf- personal trainer. Right, but also if you look in the search, oh, it'll say uh, then it'll say it'll have a check mark that it's expert co-authored. Mm-hmm. So, I I how to kiss is not expert co-authored, but I don't know what. Ooh, three ways to kiss your boyfriend for the first time is expert co-authored by a boyfriend kissing expert by a relationship and dating expert. Oh, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Wait a minute. The title of all these articles is three ways to and yeah. then do the thing. And there's way but more they all have more than three. Yeah. Do you think that was maybe a pivot? They were like, oh, we'll start them out with three. Well, I'm sure it's just an A-B test that they're like, oh, more people click on it if it says three ways to do whatever. Supposedly getting your hair trimmed makes your hair grow faster. I find this unlikely. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> I feel like we may be polluting fun facts with some non-facts. I think we've got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. This might be, it might be time to say goodnight. <laughs> Well, I don't know why you would think that. Uh, I'll uh, I'll link this popular pages. Yeah, that was a tremendous amount of fun. <laughs> I like the airport codes too. 